Welcome to Employee of the Month. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus, and I'm really stoked to bring you this episode with Kathleen Hanna. It was taped live at UCB in New York. Kathleen is probably best known for being a punk singer. She was the front woman for Bikini Kill and Latigue and now The Julie Ruin. The Punk Singer, which is a documentary, is out in theaters right now, and you should definitely check it out. It chronicles her experiences instrumental no pun intended, in the Riot Girl movement, which really fueled third wave feminism and talked about sexual violence and sexual assault in a way which has never been spoken about before. Speaking about serious trauma, she's currently in development with Comedy Central on a, a pilot she's done with her husband and co-conspirator on this, Ad Rock from BC Boy, as well as Bridget Everett, who has been an employee of the month and is such a joy. And I, I hope that that gets made. I hope it gets made because I'm sure it's going to be hilarious. Enjoy my interview with Kathleen Hanna and you'll know exactly what I'm saying. So. Please welcome Miss Kathleen Hanna. for coming. I love your your sweater. It's my Christmas holiday sweater. It's your Christmas holiday sweater. It looks great. K for Kwanzaa. Yes. Did you see I kicked down the door? Because girls kick ass. Because girls kick ass, which I love. Not really. Um, they don't? <laughs> no, it's just like this whole thing of like, girls rule, girls kick ass, but then you look at the real world and you're like, really? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I don't... I, well, Do gonna, they? Do they kick... Well, I think the individual girls kick ass. I would yeah, say but that. you know what I mean? It's like this whole idea like, oh, equality, that already happened. Oh, that, that we've already gotten yeah. there. Well, I mean, clearly we've gotten there because I just found this Barbie doll um, that's an ultimate boyfriend that you can record. You have to record what he says to you. Let's see if it works. Kathleen, try recording. Wait, wait what am I supposed to say? What I want him to say to me? Yeah. Uh, oh, girl, I get you. Let's see if it works. Hold on. Here, try again. He's not very... He's not... He's... he's can, oh, he did it! He did it! He did it! Oh, my God, it's like a... It's he a, did it, you it's guys! It's fucked up. It. It's like gender bender, like, because they have these on a, on a certain vocal effects when you're recording. They have an actual button that says gender bender. It's totally fucked up. It's totally binary. This is a binary product. This product... I when I say this binary... This product... I hate those binary things. For five-year-old girls. Yeah, but I could hear him. He was like... What did he say again? Oh, I really get you, girl. Yeah, he really got you. You told him to say that. Yeah. Well, let's see how you feel about this virgin hair fertilizer. <laughs> Is this what you, you're gutting people presents? I love this. Yeah, I thought you, were, I thought you might enjoy these. Now, I'm going to keep the perfect boyfriend just in case. I'm sorry, those are hard to find. <laughs> but but um, the virgin hair fertilizer I thought was even more amazing. That's pretty good. I think that's very gender neutral, and I think that that might be great. Wait, are you saying I have dandruff? That's why I wear white anyway, so you couldn't see that I had dandruff, because we had a conversation about this earlier. (laughs) About Um, dandruff? Yeah. Remember? (laughs) No. We've never met each other. I'm sorry. I took, I drank some Diet Coke, so. Um, It'll do it. You know what? That's, well, Terry Gross was doing so much Coke at the NPR radio (laughs) Christmas party, so Diet Coke is like a much safer bet, I feel like. Um, One of your first bands was Amy Carter, and I assume that was after Amy Carter, Jimmy Carter's daughter, and then you're... Another band you had was Viva Knievel. Was that after uh, the Reagans? Was that a tribute inspired <laughs> the, by that? Viva Knievel was a movie about evil Knievel. But actually, my mom is here tonight. Yay. Where's and, your mom? Um, she's over there. I made her sit in the back so that I wasn't nervous. 
Um, <laughs> you guys, let's give your mom a hand. So I know, my mom's awesome. She's so fucking embarrassed right now. <laughs> no, she's not. Yay! <laughs> but wait, can I tell a story about Amy Carter? Yes. Okay, so uh, my mom has worked at mental institutions since I was a kid, and it was really serendipitous that when I was a child, she worked at a children's mental institution. Then when I was an adolescent, she worked with adolescents at an adolescent. Then when I was an adult, she worked with adults. And I was like, what's going on with this? But she worked, we lived in, in D.C., in Washington, D.C., and she Wait, worked. Wait, so did I. Maybe she worked at the mental institution. That I was you were at. at. I might have met you. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, She uh, worked at the mental institution that was right next to the super fancy, like, was it a boarding school or like just a private school, right? Private school. And it was actually also right next to the exorcist stairs. You know, the stairs. Oh, in Georgetown. Yeah, yeah. So she, uh, my mom said that she could see Amy Carter sometimes from the window. And from she, the exorcist stair? On the exorcist stair? No, no, no. I just threw that in. It's okay. just a, a side <laughs> edition, Diet Coke edition. Um, but I, this is going to make you sound so fucked up, but I thought it was funny. Everything you've ever done is so fucked up, but it's so funny to me. So I was like, I would see Amy Carter. Like, I was the kid who saw Shirley Temple on TV, and I was like, I could do that. I could be her. And so I, would, I wanted to be the president's daughter because she was like the coolest person. And I was like, I, I could be Amy Carter. And my mom said, I saw her and she's way prettier than you. <laughs> you did. I'm sorry. This is like the therapist couch. I, don't, I shouldn't have done that. I oh. don't think your mom actually saw Amy Carter. <laughs> <laughs> Amy Carter is many things, but you, <laughs> you ma'am are no Amy Carter. That is, that is true, but that's a good thing. She was a wonderful activist, though, as, as are you. Yes. Both have that in common. <laughs> now, this is a good segue. Amy Carter got a lot of horrible backlash um, in the media, and as did you. I was wondering if anyone ever apologized for being factually incorrect which they did all the time. Um, no one apologized for being factually incorrect, as they still don't. Um, but I did actually have a uh, girl come up to me and say, I was, you know, 17 years old, living in my parents' basement, listening to, like, crusty punk music. And I came to one of your shows, and I walked up to you, and I said, you're a sellout. And I was, like, on it indie label that my friend ran out of his apartment you know what I mean like and I lived in like a garage like on a twin bed so I was like whoa is this what selling out is like what what is like being indie gonna be like like am I gonna live like on this you know what I mean so I wish uh, we had more maxi pads to help you clean they're it. back there I'm planning on stealing them on my way okay, out good. but um but yeah so she was like you know you're because we were getting media attention and stuff even though we didn't have a publicist or management or anything. No, you were getting it because you guys were really talented, I know, as someone who went to your shows. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you did. You saw us play live. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, even though I'm only 21. No, yeah, I went <laughs> uh, to a bunch of your shows in D.C. In oh, DC. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but I forgot what I was talking about or even where I am. So. You were talking about a, a woman coming to oh, yeah. apologize for um, calling you a sellout. Yeah, she was like, she just like came up to me and was like, I wrote you this really super mean letter um, no, she came up to me at the show and called me a sellout, and then she wrote me the letter and said I was living in my parents' basement, and they were supporting me, and then I walked up to you and said that you were a sellout. 
And she's like, and now I'm like out in the world, like trying to make art and make rent. And I realized that I was total jerk. You're not allowed to say curses on this, are you? Yeah, you can. I don't know why that rule isn't still, but that's okay. Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) But I I like that there being rules instilled. Um, Feminism, first wave, second wave, third wave, fourth wave, if if that's where we are now. Shockwave. Shockwave. has always failed to fully include women of color, although Shockwave's been with, with women of color, so Shockwave, you don't count in this. Um, but in all seriousness, feminism has, has always struggled with that. But now I feel like there's another problem where I feel like feminism has become sort of like brand copy, where it's become like, lean in, you go, girl. If you really have cancer, you better be wearing pink. Um, I was wondering if, if that resonates with you at all. No, that's why I kicked the door in. That's exactly what I meant about, like, girls rule, you guys. You know what I mean? Like... I'm jumping out of my girl's world airplane <laughs> with my Slater Kinney t-shirt on and like, you know what I mean? I'm kicking yeah. ass and taking names. I'm badass. Like, I just feel like it, stuff becomes really slogany and empty and it's not even real. And like the real joke is the ERA. Right. That, it that never real, passed. That real you know issue, I mean? yes. That real issues don't end up getting yeah. talked about at all. And instead we're like focusing on like, yeah, pole dancing is totally a new feminist <laughs> movement, guys. And you just got to get on board. Wait, can I say something about the um, about um, Piper's interview, which was yes. really great? Well, because I, I came out here without a talent, and then I started thinking about Wait. speaking of pole dancing. Yes. That I used to be a yes. dancer in D.C. At Royal Palace. At the Royal Palace, which is across the street from where Reagan was shot. Were you there at the time? I was not I'm just the one kidding. who did it. I was not disguised <laughs> as John Hinckley. Is that who did it? I did, I did work at, at the Royal Palace, and there was a thing... Not at that stripper, I think, but a different one earlier. Okay, mom, I was a stripper. I guess now you know that too. But the Royal Palace is a really nice establishment. <laughs> it's really fancy. It's like only Not diplomats are allowed. <laughs> like before the royal wedding, that was like where people were hanging out. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. It's royal. It was really royal. Um, when the lights went up, like a night after well, five in the morning when people left and it was just like stuff crawling all over the floor. It was like, go with the black light. It was disgusting. But they had this thing where there's, there's mirrors everywhere and they had to keep them clean because people, women were like putting their butts on them and our hands on them and all this stuff. So they did this thing where whenever they would play the song Car Wash, you know, <laughs> Car Wash, talking about, oh no, I'm, that's, that's Bad Girls by Donna Summer. Car wash. I'm the one who didn't remember who shot Reagan, so don't worry. Car wash, yeah. That's it. Um, Anytime that that song came on, every single dancer had to stop what she was doing and run to the stages and clean the mirrors (laughs) while wearing a thong. And everybody was like, could it get worse than this? And now I have this total Pavlov's dog thing where I hear the opening to Car Wash, which incidentally has been sampled in a lot of hip-hop songs, I have found out. And you just start cleaning? I am like, where's the mirrors? And now I know I just need to get a maxi pad and just start like... Everyone's going to go home and use their maxi pads for good things. Now, all um, comedians want to be rock stars, and I think that rock stars sort of sometimes want to be comedians, and I understand that you are, are working on writing a TV show? Yes, um, I wrote a comedy show, and it's hopefully getting picked up by a network that is not allowed to be said, we um, and we're signing the deal in the next couple of days. Not NPR. I'm it's just not it NPR, out there. not that comedy network. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but it's it's about um, the, if anybody has seen the wonderful Bridget Everett. She's been on the show. She's been on Employee of the Month. Yeah, it's based on the characters that she has created on stage for herself, but it's called Bridget Drives the Bus, and she's a bus driver who wants to be a star. Fabulous. Yeah. Um, can we have you back on the show, Kathleen Hanna, for more? Sure. Okay, very, very cool. All right, well, thank you so, so much, Kathleen Hanna, for coming on. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Employee of the Month. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus. Thank you so much to Ian Mazoff for editing this together. Thank you to my co-host, Lady, who has been um, snoring relatively quietly during this episode, so you haven't had to hear my dog. And thanks to all of you for listening. Do go to EmployeeOfTheMonthShow.com to subscribe, to nominate someone, get involved, and find out about our live productions and donate. If you enjoyed the episode, please, please, please do leave a very nice note on iTunes. It's much appreciated. And much more importantly, hope you are getting some inspiration or some (laughs) cathartic feeling from listening to these interviews learning new things and either applying them to your life or just enjoying it as it is because sometimes it's enough to just be thank you that's it i'm katie lazarus have a good one